This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at HealthcareInfoSecurity.com. Today we're speaking with David Parks, Operating Counsel, Regulatory Compliance and Privacy Officer at Allegiant Health. I understand your organization was a beta test site for security risk incident assessment and reporting application. Tell us why you decided to be a test site for the software and what did you learn from the test? Well, the radar system was something that ID experts was working on, and we had an existing relationship with ID experts for breach prevention and breach response services. So uh, knowing a little bit about us and having an existing relationship, um, ID experts and uh, their design team specifically asked if we would be interested, and uh, we thought it might be a good thing to take a look at, given the uh, specific goals of the software. The application really was designed to help health systems do breach risk analysis on uh, breach incidents or data loss incidents. And as you know, um, we're required, at least under the federal interim breach notification rules, to do a risk of harm assessment to determine whether or not we need to notify patients and, and if necessary, an immediate notification to health and human services and media and whatnot. So everybody that does this sort of work in privacy and information security knows we have to do this risk of harm analysis. There is sort of a approach that's ad hoc for most of us, and this gave us an opportunity to see if there could be a consistent um, objective method to doing that risk analysis. So we decided, uh, sure, we'd participate in beta tests and uh, see what that would look like. What did we learn from the test? I think we learned a couple things. There is a much better way to look at the individual incidents level of risk than doing it ad hoc each and every incident. An individual that does this job, such as myself, a privacy officer or a privacy group in a healthcare organization or payer or whatever, you know, we could look at some objective criteria maybe from like the Office of Management and Budget. They have a memorandum back in 2007 that helps uh, establish here are some things that you can look at to see if there's significant risk of reputational harm or uh, financial harm, uh, medical harm, that sort of thing. But still, at the end of the day, it's an individual or a group of individuals just sort of subjectively weighing is this is this really a significant incident or not. I think what the test allowed us to see is that there can be an objective way to measure that risk so that whether the privacy officer in an organization is doing that risk assessment or the chief information security officer or a group of people or if they're not around somebody else can get to the same result. And I think that was a sort of an eye-opener for us that there is a way to methodically take a look at facets of the information that was lost uh, or was breached, either one of those, and come up with uh, sort of a, a numerical objective level of risk. At the same time, what we learned is that the 
risk that was assigned in the application, which in fact is uh, designed to be customizable, really every situation is to a certain extent unique. And the software, the radar program, uh, was flexible enough that it didn't prescribe that you had to do breach notification or prescribe that it was reached a, an incident reached a significant level of risk. It was more of a recommendation and that based on uh, the circumstances, uh, you could adjust what it would automatically spit out and then provide a place for you to document why you made those changes. So I think it did help us see that there is a way to objectively measure that risk and have it not be so ad hoc and subjective based on the person grading that risk. So are you now rolling out the application throughout the enterprise, and how do you plan to use it to help document information about data breaches and then track the breach notification process moving forward? Well, right now, we're actually not uh, rolling out the application throughout the enterprise. It can be, and the way that the application is designed is there can be a, an administrator over the application, and because the, the, the results being, you know, objective, uh, can, as long as somebody uh, with knowledge of an incident is putting in accurate information into the application, you could replicate the decision recommendation that the, the application um, would make regardless if earlier we have eight hospitals, 44 clinics, you know, if there was somebody actually at each one of those places entering the incident information into the application, it could spit out a consistent uh, recommendation throughout. But at Allegiant Health uh, right now, um, it's still really centralized with me at the moment. Uh, how do we plan to use it to help document information about data breaches and track it? You know, that was, a Howard, a really good question. I think uh, from my experience in talking with other privacy officers, information security officers across the country, um, one of our challenges with the uh, whole breach notification process and incident analysis is having a way to track those cases as they come up so they don't fall through the cracks. I think we all have come up with uh, different ways to, to hold that information in uh, secured files uh, with, you know, auditing that shows who's going in and out of them. But many of us struggle with doing it in a way that we can easily take a look, oh, let's see what cases we have currently, which ones we still have to get a decision out. When do we need to get letters out to the to the victim? That sort of thing. And I think this was a good first step. Radar in its current iteration was a good first step into at least cataloging and inventorying all of those events as they occur, so that we can make sure that we don't forget about a case, um, because it, as you would imagine, in a place to, with the scope that we have, or even smaller locations with people having a lot more tasks uh, than what I have. You know, if you run a medical records department or and you're responsible for privacy and all those sorts of things, uh, it, it's really easy to lose track of the cases that you're working on. So to make sure I understand this correctly, has the beta test phase ended and are you using the application on a limited basis on a corporate level now and may eventually expand its use. Is that right? 
Right. Great. Tell us a little more about how the application helps you assess the severity of an incident to decide whether it merits reporting. Well, the way it really works is it allows you to put in all the facts of the incident to the extent that you're aware of them, and if you're not aware of them, to put that into the application as well. Uh, it takes a look at uh, the nature of the data elements that perhaps have been lost or breached, the number of individuals affected, how accessible or usable is that information in the form that it was lost, the likelihood that, you know, depending upon the nature of those data elements, they're of value to somebody to misuse them, that sort of thing. And for each one of those elements, there's a score that is adjustable for financial harm, reputational harm. I think the third facet was medical harm. And through some of the, in quotes, special soup of the radar application, it takes a look at all of those things that you've put in and at the end of its assessment puts the incident on a heat map. You've seen those before where it has a, a X and Y axis and a certain part of that uh, grid would be in, let's say, a red zone, in quotes, where you would definitely consider that the data and the, significant, the significance of the information that was either breached or lost is such that it reaches the level of breach notification. And there's sort of like a yellow zone where, you know, there's a little bit more subjectivity to it. And then a green zone where it would rec the application would recommend that it is essentially not a significant loss or breach and there is no breach notification required. The other thing that it does besides just helping to do that uh, risk assessment in an, ob an objective way is, like I said, like I mentioned, it allows you to inventory all of the cases that you're working on. You can c go back to them. You can take a look at them. And if you decide that, you know, this is a situation where the application maybe felt that it was not something that you needed to do breach notification on, but the privacy officer, the privacy group, information security officer, whoever's doing the uh, actual working in the case knows that the patient or the victim themselves believes it was significant, you can decide to do breach notification, log that information in the application, and note, put comments in as to why you decided to deviate from the recommendation of the application. So it provides a place for you to track your breaches. It helps do the risk assessment in an objective way, and then it also has a place for you to document your ultimate decision in logic because three to three years from now when a situation would come up and you may need to look back, uh, you may not be around or you might be around but won't remember why you decided to or to not do a breach notification on a particular incident. So far, in, in general terms, what's been the experience of your hospitals and other facilities with data breaches and what have you learned from those experiences? The largest percentage of those data losses and breaches are non-malicious, negligent, but initially at least the individual or individuals involved uh, didn't intend to cause harm. 
they weren't of the type that were reckless disregard of, you know, company information security or privacy policies or intent to do bad. But the unfortunate thing is uh, that those breaches and data losses do occur, and often, even though the intent might not have been to create any harm, there are harmful consequences that may uh, may come from it. We've also seen that the large focus, of course, in HIPAA and, and high tech, especially, uh, in in I think just in general, we tend to focus a lot on the electronic world. There's still an awful lot of paper out there, and there's a lot of verbal communication, which also um, causes breach. And so it, it's even though there's a significant emphasis lately, especially after high tech of the electronic world, there's plenty of breach opportunity to go around in all sorts of the way we keep our protected health information and personally identifiable information and paper, uh, com- you know, communications, that sort of thing. And there's seems to be an explosion of potential risk out there in the kind of the virtual world, the explosion of blogs, social media, et cetera, as an outlet for breach, which is a little harder to get our hands around. So even though uh, in in the previous observation that there's paper, electronic, and verbal, um, these sort of uh, conversations which may have taken place uh, verbally as they move into a um, you know, a social media or blog type environment uh, is an area that we're seeing more and more breach opportunity that, you know, we have to be conscious of all types of um, media and um, paper, verbal, electronic, and that social media and taking that verbal into, you know, our current virtual world, you know, the blogs and social media is something we really got to look at. So those are the kind of, I would think, the three big things we've learned from uh, breach notification over the last year. Finally, to wrap things up, tell us briefly some of the key steps you're taking to prevent breaches and what technologies are playing an important role in that. Some things are core to any compliance program, which are really the... Um, you know, making sure that members of the workforce and business associates, especially business associates now, are uh, fully aware of what their obligations are, what the rules of the road are. In doing that, we have uh, started to employ some learning management systems as opposed to some of the um, com- you know, PowerPoint computer-based training that people might do at department meetings and whatnot to help uh, get effective, efficient education and awareness out there for all of our members of the workforce, medical staff. We're also working with our intranet um, and some of our corporate communication folks to really help with news articles and whatnot that used to be on perhaps flyers and posters that had to be put up and you were relying on folks not to pull them down and that sort of thing. So so we have some technologies and just the awareness and education piece that I think are going to, over time, play a huge role in helping us to prevent breaches by educating 
the workforce. As far as technologies that our information security and our IT department are employing, they have some data leach protection solutions that they've purchased and are currently in the tuning stages on for our server and storage. And at some point we'll be in a, I think very soon, right behind that, our network and then eventually endpoint uh, data leach, leakage protection uh, solution. We also have some uh, encryption strategies in place right now for Legion Health. It's really focused on our mobile devices, which are we've considered to be at the most risk. Application auditing, um, we're looking at those. We don't have uh, automated uh, uh, programs in place right yet. Right now, we work with our folks in our IT department to design certain uh, programmatic auditing uh, processes for us, but they're very labor-intensive, so we're looking at some solutions there. All of those, the data leakage protection, the encryption strategy, application auditing, we're trying to look for behaviors and problems before the breaches occur. So that's sort of a, a breach prevention strategy, looking at all three of those together. We also, you know, I mentioned the explosion of blogs, social media, et cetera, for, as outlets of breach. And that same looking at the behaviors, we do use some social media monitoring tools and Internet monitoring tools out there. Right now we're using some of the um, ones that are no cost, you know, social mention, Google Alerts, Twitter search. Uh, we played a bit with... Uh, board tracker and back type. Um, so we're looking at what's being put out there that we can at least see on blogs, comments on blogs, public Facebook pages, Twitter, that sort of thing, because uh, we'll be able to identify when, you know, Allegiant or maybe Allegiant patients or facilities are being mentioned and maybe be able to catch something uh, off a of publicly facing site that uh, we might be able to nip something in the bud if we feel that there's perhaps some breach potential there. Well, thanks, David. We've been speaking today with David Parks of Allegiant Health. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening.